Welcome to the Business Awards Show, where we share valuable information and secret nuggets to get your award entry notice by the judges for all the right reasons. Our weekly episodes also feature inspirational interviews with winners, judges and sponsors. So let's dive in and start your journey to award-winning success. Welcome, my name is Debbie Gilbert. I'm the founder of the Best Business Women Awards, and today I'm joined by our 2019 Community Champion winner, Sarah Ellis from Tickbox Productions, who has helped an enormous amount of people and is an absolutely outstanding businesswoman. So, I'm going to ask Sarah to tell you a bit about what she does and a bit more about the impact that uh, her company has had. So, um, Sarah, welcome. Hello, how are you doing, Debbie? <laughs> we're fine, we're fine. So tell us about TikTok Productions and all the little other bits and pieces that help that, that cog, that, that wheel, I would say all the cogs that help the wheels turn for TikTok. Absolutely. Well, TikTok stands for Theatre Inspiring Change. So we're a theatre company, um, but we're theatre with a difference. So we do theatre in education and we also do theatre in business. So the idea of it is that we look at issues um, and we look at empowering people through a type of interactive theatre called forum theatre, actually. So the idea is that when we work, we, the audience gets to be put into the shoes of another person to enable understanding, really. We're all about empowering people to be able to consider their behavioural decisions, consider their situations and all about combating prejudice and discrimination. That's what we're here for. So for example, we have um, shows on the road like Boy. Um, so Boy looks at homophobia, biphobia and transphobia. But rather than, the reason I'm so passionate about it is that I think that we can all listen to somebody lecturing and uh, we can look at PowerPoint presentations and we can watch uh, movies or theatre that really move us. All of these things are really important in our learning as individuals. However, I have believed from uh, when I was luckily enough to go to Rosebrew for drama school, they, inter they introduced me to this whole other way of thinking, which is that rather than just listening and being passive, if you are part of creating the answer that's going to embed in you so much more yeah. so the way that we work is that the audience steps into the shoes of the characters and the, and the actors come out to the audience and go well what are we going to do now like it's up to you what do we do and it's so powerful because the audience get to kind of give a bit of advice and then the actor goes in and then they get called out again then they try something else and then they go back in it's the most passionately noisy place I've ever worked, frankly. Um, we have done more work with young people, and that's normally of audiences of about 80 at a time. And it's just hugely passionately noisy. There's people arguing, and they go, you can't say that. Yes, you can. Try this. But the secret is that when they see the decisions that they make being acted out, it's at that point that that passion that mm. they put into it, it's at that point that they kind of go, oh, oh no, maybe that, that wouldn't work. Mm. 
it's the difference for me between seeing a really sad story. So, so one of our stories is about domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And I know that we can watch films and we can do all sorts of things, which are really important, where we look at the character and we think, that's just so awful, or I'd hate to be in that position, or even I wouldn't put up with that kind of thing, which is a really big thing about domestic abuse. But actually, it doesn't necessarily enable somebody to not get into that situation. Mm. So what we do is we look at the early warning signs and then we pick them up in the play and then we go backwards in the play and we go, well, it wasn't it at that point that he gave an early warning sign or she gave an early warning sign. What does that look like? Well, what, what can he say in response? What can she say? Mm. And rather than us thinking, I will not tolerate you being horrible to me, you know, which is true. Mm. But actually what happens when your partner then says, oh, it's, just, it's because my dad was like that and you're not understanding. Okay, don't worry about it. I'll just leave you. Then what do you do? Does that make sense? So, yeah. so what you're doing really is helping young people see situations played out in front of them and different scenarios, and they're kind of directing it themselves, really. They're directing the story. Yeah. Totally, absolutely, totally. Mm. And then they can try things out. And, you know, there is a reality to the fact that our first instinct as human beings may be to punch somebody, mm. actually. If we're honest with ourselves, we might not have made that decision, but if we're honest with ourselves, most of us understand feeling like we want to punch somebody when we are that frustrated. So what's interesting about the work is that, that quite often comes up. And our principle is really, really clear in that the actors will do what the audience say. There's no pre-planning. There's no manipulation. Um, they will literally do what they say. So punch him. Brilliant. Fantastic. I'm going to punch him. Actor goes out. Bang. Punches him. Now. At this point, you know, you're thinking, well, we've just made it work that you can punch somebody, which actually is against the law. But the secret, again, another one of the secrets is that the other character is going to react to that. Now, as human beings with fight and flight, you know, it is quite likely that the other person will react with another punch or more violence or accelerated violence, or they'll run away. And it's at that point, nobody said no, we haven't lectured, we haven't said, oh, don't be stupid. We haven't said, no, it's illegal. We've said, yeah, brilliant, let's try it. They've tried it and it hasn't worked or it's accelerated. Or sometimes one of the other actors, I facilitate. So I'm there with my kind of eyes and my ears all over the space. I will then get one of the actors to come in as a police officer and we have that conversation. What made you sort of come up with this? What was your background before you started up Tickbox then? I was that young person who went to theatre school, who went to, um, uh, was in all the amateur dramatics, et cetera, et cetera. I did loads of musical theatre. I very arrogantly um, told my teachers that I didn't need to listen in school. I didn't understand school. I didn't get it. Bypassed me completely. And I was that, I told my teachers, well, I'm going to drum school. And, and so I don't really need to do geography. You know, I was quite arrogant <laughs> about it. Um, it was boring though, I have to say. Um, so I did get into, I went for drama school. I had a really, um, I had a really bad experience before I went to drama school in that I was in a, a, an abusive relationship at the age of 19, 18, 19. Yeah. Um, and I think that from my reaction was as many many people's reactions are was to shut it down shut myself off shut down not tell anybody and just look forward 
look forward and there were I won't go into details but you know it was it, it was really nasty um so I got into drama school because that was where Sarah was going like I said I was quite arrogant about that but I arrived at Rose Bruford which was so back in the day there used to be um the conference of drama schools and they used to tell you what who were the best drama schools mm. and so everybody's aim was to get into the top six at the time it was top six so I'll be honest with you I didn't really look at who was doing what I just looked at the top six and went right I want to go to one of them I actually only auditioned for one uh, for, for four of them one of them they smoked and talked to each other throughout my whole um, audition <laughs> uh, proper old school theatre types um, another one um, nobody looked at me there was just one person and they were writing the whole time but I auditioned for Rose Bruford and um, I got into Rose Bruford I got into, and I think it's fate personally, um, it's a community theatre course. Mm -hmm. So Miss Musical Theatre, Step Will Change Sarah, suddenly discovered this whole amazing world where people were using theatre to change people's lives and to question and to debate and, and to be highly political or, you know, and all of that stuff. And I was so excited by it. It was like the first memory of opening a Christmas present it was extraordinary and I kind of went right this is it well passion started then really for this yeah. mm. absolutely and I then found my voice with regards to what I had been through um in our third year show that we did which interestingly we were told we weren't allowed to do because it was too controversial for even a community uh, theatre arts course which was really interesting and I must admit, we, we, we dogged on and on and on and on and on and on. And eventually we did do it. Um, but that, again, at risk of sounding like a big hippie, that resistance taught me another valuable lesson mm. in that if I am going to take this type of theatre seriously, mm. there is the potential to upset people because when you deal with issues of discrimination and prejudice there are going to be sections of people who don't like what you're saying who are comfortable with how things are but are also scared of how things could become so i i kind of went down that journey but one of the things that i felt really strongly about was if i was going to go and take theater to change the world basically um, I wanted to focus a little bit more on young people mm. and I felt that I needed to go and train to be a teacher because it was all very well me coming so, so theatre and education companies had a little bit of a, a dodgy reputation at one point in that they all turned up in like bright yellow dungarees and like you know kind of went oh how do we change this and like all teachers are rubbish you know <laughs> and I thought I don't want us to be that I want us to be down to earth I want people who see us to instantly recognize themselves. Um, I don't want to be virtuous. I want it to be real. So I went into uh, train to be a teacher and I got into school and I worked with young people. So that enabled me to kind of look at what people really wanted to talk about. And that was really important yeah. as well, you know. So, and so from that, there was teaching. I went and worked with another theater company and then I started. I said, right, it's time. I think I- What year did you start TikBox then? Well, interestingly, I started it as Hyperfusion, hmm. the Hyperfusion Theatre Company. And um, that actually started in 2001. And what happened was I always had the theatre and education thing there, but I did not know what to do 
or how to do it. There were seasoned players who were theatre and education companies, and that was it. So I started it as um, as a as a theatre school working with young people, um, and we used to do rehearsals, and we used to teach to sing, dance, act, to be triple threats, etc. And I started to put out to people that we also did issue-based plays. And I had a phone call from uh, an organisation called HeartsAid, and they were not around anymore. They work with people who are HIV positive. They were, they were called an AIDS charity at the time. And they said, oh, well, we've heard you're this amazing director who works with young people. If we get a group of young people together to look at the kind of work that we do, can we hire you? I said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we went for a coffee, had this conversation. And I said to them, there's something else I do, which you might be interested in. And it's where we have professional actors, but we work with young people as audience mm. and taught them through it. And I um, taught them through the fact it's based on forum theatre, which is a type of theatre developed by a Brazilian practitioner called Augustus Boal. And he goes into, he used to go into communities and incite revolution, basically. He used to go in and say, like, here's my play, here's the play. This is what you're going through. Right, what are you going to do about it? And the audience members took it in turns to go on the stage and to come up with ideas. So I talked to them about this and I said, but I don't want the audience necessarily to come up on stage because I had also been asked to do some corporate work and I was really anti-role play. Mm. Because I felt that, no, no offence to anybody who uses role play, but I felt that when you have non-actors and you ask them to role play, you're asking them to come up and be an actor. Mm. And I think then potentially you're coming away from the dealing with the issue of one of your members of staff is being homophobically bullied. You know, it becomes about, oh, what am I doing? Or they completely shut down because it's a nightmare because they're not an actor because that's why they're in a job. So I said to this organisation that I'd like to try this new way of working. Um, and they said, oh, all right then. And they got a grant for us. So we literally wrote a play and they got an audience of police officers, nurses, doctors, teachers, senior leadership teams, etc, etc. And uh, we did this performance with the interactive bit. And then they said, if any of you want this, it's available. They took a massive leap of faith because we weren't actually producing it at that time. And I'll never forget that. No, that's was, amazing. Yeah, from that, we then became that theatre and education company. So that was in about... Well, it's hard to say it's a bit muddly but about 2004 I think it was mm. and then you um, set up this shush experience which is one of your ways of raising money for what you're doing yeah because I you know we were we were really good at working with young people and I love working with young people um it's just awesome it's really really good I learn something new all the time and there isn't a gig where I don't come out feeling challenged and and all of this stuff but actually going yeah we've really made a difference yeah. but what I felt was that that it was all very well all these young people kind of being passionate and everything else but they were kind of being run to a certain extent by a bunch of adults and um actually couldn't we do what we do with adults yeah maybe okay so I thought right we're gonna we're gonna try it we're gonna do a play about grief which um, is going to look at how people deal with grief, men in particular, and that, uh, how other people's contributions to that, like what that means for that person, et cetera, et cetera. 
but I don't have a budget. I haven't got what I refer to as a panto budget. So I don't know if you know, but panto spend a lot of money on their marketing. Yeah. Which is why so many people go to panto every year. I thought I haven't got panto budget. I've got next to nothing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the opposite and I'm going to privately invite people and tell them not to tell anybody else about it. Um, and that's where the name The Shush Experience came out of. It was actually before the time when people were doing secret escapes and all of that sort of stuff, I hasten to add. <laughs> it was sort of way before then. And we invited people to come and see something and we didn't tell them anything about it. And uh, they arrived at a town hall and as they climbed up the stairs, there was a table at the top with a picture of a woman whose name I've completely forgotten, an older woman and a book of condolences and a bunch of flowers. And then they went into the space where there were seats for them. They were given a cup of tea and a biscuit. And there was a stronger, there was a bar with something stronger if you want it. And there was a man sitting there, uh, a more elderly gentleman looking quite sad, really. And then we started the play, which was started at the end of the funeral. So the idea was that the audience came in and were at that wake, which was after a funeral. Again, even though it's, different to what we do at Tickbox, the idea is still that idea that if you are in bed, if you're part of something mm -hmm. and you feel it, it's going to be a much bigger experience for you. So from that, the Shush experience was born and we then experienced, we then experimented with other things. So the first play was quite serious, um, but we went from the first play to the second play which was all about love. We built an underground club. Um, we told people that they had to wear something red in order to get through the door. We um, coupled people off and took a photograph of them as they came into this pub space. There was no stage. They literally were just sitting around tables with a drink. And uh, then it started. And we had um, somebody who was the uh, guru of love uh, and her assistant talking about something which is true, actually. Do tell me if I'm talking too much, Debbie. Uh -huh. um, Interesting. Did you know that there are um, eight or nine stages of a relationship? And this is a thing. So the first stage is uh, where you're all in love and this, that and the other. Da, 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 da. And then it goes through various stages of when you... So do you remember that first time when your husband, you thought he was amazing, and then the first time he did something that really annoyed you? <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> and you know that moment when you're attracted to someone because they're really big and loud, and then you get really irritated because they're being really big and loud. So then there's that stage of your relationship where you negotiate through uh, whether you are going to change yourself or you don't. And it eventually leads up to the perfect zen, which sometimes we get to sometimes we split up and go with somebody else so we had this premise of the fact that this woman was going to give you a magic potion that you didn't <laughs> have to go through all the stages that she just give she was selling it to you but we planted 11 actors in the audience so the audience got very used to the fact that they were watching this saleswoman and they were watching her assistant who was quite inept and there were two singers to keep them amused and then these actors got up as if they were kind of, you know, engaging with it and suddenly it all got dramatic. So we had a flirting workshop uh, where one of the audience members were, was pitched against one other audience member who was spotted 
she was an actor, but she was spotted because her phone went off and she had a conversation with a guy she was having an affair with. Yeah, you know, he was married, whatever. Then there was a flirting workshop. Then her, then his wife kicked off because he was then buying her a drink through the next bit. Nobody knew who these people were. And then of course it eventually became clear that they were actors. We then went on to do the office party that goes wrong. So the <laughs> audience arrives at this conference where the salespeople are announcing that they're um, opening a new place in Greece and they've got to vote for the sales, the sales staff. And there's a sleazy salesman. And the audience gets so involved. We had a group of women who were going up to the, it was a ping pong ball company, ridiculous. <laughs> and they all sang the song and they were voting um, with these ping pong balls. And these women were going up while different things were going up and changing the ping pong balls because he was such a git. <laughs> and we've also done the wedding that goes wrong. And so people come to a wedding, they see uh, the ceremony, they do the toast, they hear the speeches. But of course, everything goes wrong. So when people book to come to the Shish Experience, they don't know what to expect or do they get an email beforehand to know what it is they're coming to? We kind of came away from the not knowing what to expect thing from a theme point of view because oh. people were getting a bit, they needed to know. It worked the first couple of times. So this time, for example, our last wedding show, we said, you're coming to Debbie and Daz's wedding. Um, please feel free to uh, wear what you want. You're going to get a meal. Uh, they'll be there. Come and meet the family. It's going to be a great night out. Well, I can't wait for these to restart. This <laughs> exciting. So let's talk about the awards. So what made you enter the Best Business Women Awards? Well, I felt that obviously we do other things, but my main passion uh, and being the, the person that kind of, runs the company my main passion is what we do at Tickbox um, because I believe very strongly that we can change things mm. for the better I have to say um, just on that note we um, did five years in Stevenage um, looking at sexual health and healthy relationships with two of our plays and um, teenage pregnancy went down by 15% mm. after the five years that we were working there, which is, which is just another testament to the mm. fact that, you know, this stuff worked. So I, you know, I was thinking, okay, how do we get our message out to more people? Mm. And I don't know where I, where I saw you, but I saw you somewhere, probably on Facebook. Yeah, probably online. And I, and I went, ah, oh, that's interesting. Now, we had already been nominated for a National Diversity mm. Award. We'd also already been shortlisted for a National Diversity Award and nominated for a European Diversity Award over about two or three years before. Mm. So I had kind of, it was in my consciousness that, you know, going for an award does increase people's knowledge about you. So when I saw you, I thought, okay, well, let's, you know, this would be really good to, to go for. This looks like an awesome kind of organisation. And then I thought, oh, no, I can't. I can't do it because uh, we're not a business. And, you know, we, what we do is very different to business. We don't go to an office. We don't wear a shirt, um, even though I put one on for you today, Debbie. Um, uh, we, don't, we, we don't have fax machines, we don't, you know, et cetera. Um, and so I kind of went, ah. Oh, and then I thought, no, come on, don't be ridiculous. How are you not a business? <laughs> you are, you have clients, people pay you, you have a bank account, you know, and you're running at not a huge profit. We're actually a not-for-profit organisation. 
So uh, everything that we earn gets ploughed back into the organisation. Um, so I read all of your stuff again, and I thought, this doesn't feel like other awards to me. I don't mean national diversity and European diversity because they're done in a specific way and people vote, <clears throat> vote for you out of nowhere. So the European award, I've never known who's voted. I don't even know how they found us. They literally just say, you've been, short, you've been nominated, mm -hmm. oh, you've been shortlisted, oh, come along to the theatre. So it's, it's different. But other awards that I'd looked at, I kind of didn't really understand. But when I looked at, the, at your awards, I felt like there was a real sense that it was about congratulating people for working hard yeah. and producing something Definitely. that meant something. Phew, our marketing message is good. <laughs> well, not just your marketing messages because since I, I, so I won 2019, 2018, we were shortlisted. So from 2018, it's actually my experience as well as your marketing messages. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I mean, it's always, we love it when people re-enter because obviously community champion, it's not an easy category to win, as you know, and to be shortlisted is a major achievement. And you were shortlisted and you came back, you, you were a finalist and you came back and you re-entered. And it was great to hear that you won last year because, you know, I always love it when people who've entered before come back and, mm -hmm. and they win because I think fair play and um, you know it was a very close call the year that you were a finalist because it's always about sometimes one or two points and there's something yeah. might just edge you know and last year it was great and obviously the next awards that we run you will be our um, chosen charity so it's great to be able to raise money because you're a CIC, aren't you? A community interest company. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we were we were we were made we were formed before CICs came into um, into vision. So we are a not for profit, not for profit corporation yeah. um, organisation, which were then given the name CIC. Yeah. I mean, I think, it's, I think what the judges loved about you was um, like you 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 touched on the impact. And you were able to demonstrate the impact that the charity had had, well, the organisation had had mm. with changing the views and thoughts about all of these things that we come across every single day, but actually being able to work with young people like grassroots mm. so that they don't grow up to be bigoted adults. Okay. You know, they've got this kind of like much broader views of the world and it's people like you that help them get that because not everyone gets that support at home yes. or wants to listen like you said to teachers preaching at them at school and that's the that's the wonderful thing you know is actually that the whole process is very playful um but i also feel really strongly that our young people are so smart mm. they are so much more emotionally intelligent than we were brought up to be they're so much more aware of inequalities than we were brought up to be mm. now don't get me wrong there's an awful lot of work to do mm. and i think if i could have kind of hidden you in my pocket through the journey that we've been on you know some of it's really shocking mm -hmm. i have heard some awful stuff you know and when you read about judges saying well she had a short skirt on you know mm. what does she expect i've heard that from young people mm. and i've heard you know, well, if, if, isn't it interesting, as I'm telling you, I can see 
exactly where it happened as well. That's how much it impacts me. Mm. I remember um, a young person sitting there saying, well, you know, if I found out that my best friend was gay, I wouldn't speak to her again. And I would probably uh, move class so that, I, that there was no danger whatsoever that I would have to sit next to her. And you hear this stuff and you mm. kind of let it sink. And, the, you know, when I hear, well, yeah, but girls are all like this. And, and then it's a gorgeous moment of horror <laughs> when you go, oh. And in fact, let me just interject with one more before I, before I go on. I, I remember a, a gig and there were about six young women in the second row. And uh, there have been lots of challenging comments uh, like, well, women this and girls like it when boys grab them and this that and the other and we talked about upskirting where somebody puts uh, a phone um by which is now illegal it's only just been made illegal interestingly um and we were talking and you know uh, inside you feel like you're dying a little bit you know um so i was we were trying we were talking about it and trying to get people passionate and it was this awful moment where these six girls looked at me very honestly and they said, well, the thing is, Sarah, it's just the way it is. And I just remember, and I've, we've had so many moments of just mm. going, Ugh. but the joy mm. then becomes what is important to us, mm. which is if people aren't saying this stuff, we can't necessarily change it. So what we do is we bring this stuff out by the way that we work. We encourage, we draw these opinions out. We have a moment of, oh, and then we go, brilliant. Right. <laughs> Let's deal with this. Oh. And we don't shut it down. You know, we don't say, no, you're wrong. How dare you? Or anything like that. We go, okay, that's really interesting. You know, and the guy who said she was wearing a short skirt, you know, when girls wear skirts like that, it's really obvious what they want. We then talked about if men wear shorts, is that showing you what they want? <laughs> like a swimming, swimming pool, you know, mm. and it, it gets people to think about it. And at no point have you said you're an idiot, oh. you know, you've embraced them. So that's why I am so passionate. I've got my award here, actually, Debbie. Oh, look, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, very worthy winner, and I'm really you. I love it. Um, yeah, any love words it. for anyone watching this who's maybe runs a charity, a CIC, not for profit, uh, social enterprise, who are thinking of entering community champion? What would you tell them to do? I think what I would say is that when we are doing honest, authentic, worthy work it can be very easy for us to think that things like this aren't who we are supposed to be, you know, standing here with this, you know, we're, 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 we're supposed to be out saving the world. Actually, number one, you deserve, if you're doing great work, you deserve to be recognized. Mm. Number two, actually what it does is it helps to put you on the map to more people. So since, this i have met so many people you know yourself and myself we've had long conversations debbie it's helped us as an organization to grow you know it's helped people to know what we're up what, what we're about and for us the objective is to work with everybody absolutely everybody so this has really helped and mm. um, the other thing i'd say is you know what 
it, it really helps you to focus on presenting yourself as a business, mm. which sometimes I think organisations like us can fight with a little bit yeah. because actually that's not why we started it. But it focuses, it focuses you on what your business yeah. looks like. Yeah. And lastly, it was a darn good night out. <laughs> so I think at the moment for people to sit and reflect about what they have achieved over the last few years, and particularly with the charity champion category, because, um, you know, it's a great publicity for your charity, even if you don't right. win. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you win, we fundraise for you at the final. So it's an extra bit of money going into the coffers as it were as a result and um you know we're not charging now for entry for charity um champion and we're also now this as of this year not because i'd kind of it was always my aim that the charity category would actually get free tickets to the final Mm. um and that's happening this year so amazing trying to make it very you know something that's easy because they don't have to pay to enter and they don't have to pay for the tickets so therefore there's no cost at all to the charity to enter this and to be mm-hmm. part of the final because i want to be able to reach more charities and i got a bit of a additional sponsorship this year and that's where i've diverted the money to that which is amazing yeah and if you know you're you're raising money at the, at the next event you know or any money that you raised for us we've got two projects um that we're looking into um so we want to do our domestic abuse play we want to do a new play for adults mm-hmm. so that's one of the plans we're oh, also good. Good to know. work in prisons to take our domestic abuse mm-hmm. show then into prisons we want to do um a show about being a trans um gender uh, teenager so your money that you mm-hmm. fundraise yeah, we are going to put it straight into a project rather than the general you know so you'll know where that's going by then so thank you oh well no thank you and thank you for joining me today and sharing all this interesting stuff that you're doing which i think is really fascinating and um go off and enjoy the sunshine now you can go and sit in the garden hopefully <laughs> off now, can't I? <laughs> oh, thanks for joining us sarah Thank Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Awards show. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and post about it on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch all of the latest information and show notes, please go over to our website, businessawardshow.co.uk. Thank you.